ko te maeri tau tōko ingoa nō ngaitahu me nōhoa ana au ki tuahiwi he marae ki waitaha mi tua ana e mahi ana au ki te whariwaranga o waitaha Canterbury University te tarihitori I'm talking with Tamari Toe from the History Department at Canterbury University in Christchurch, and we're reviewing Paul Moon's 2008 publication, This Horrid Practice, The Myth and Reality of Traditional Māori Cannibalism. Now, if that's not a loaded title, I don't know what is, Tamari. It's a loaded title. It's it's an odd book. I've enjoyed quite a few of Paul's publications, but this one seems odd. It's just not in line with his other publications, and he's had some, I, I think, quite interesting ones. Yeah, what do you mean about it being an odd book? Well, it's a... It's a um, the question that you'd have to ask is, why write it when it's generally acknowledged that there was cannibalism, you know, among Māori? But um, <clears throat> I, I guess it's an odd book because of his conclusion and his attempt to explain cannibalism and really his his explanation seems to be based on a um, a writer called Nancy uh, Clancy McKenzie I think and um, his explanation is essentially that Māori society was so violent that it's um, the DNA of the people were you know was awash with with violence and fear, and that his explanation for it is that because of this traumatic experience from childhood and being taken away from the mother's breast, that this eventually, in decades to come, results in cannibalism. Which is an odd argument, because really it's nothing new since Freud. You know, it's Freud's Oedipal argument that we've done away with for a long time now. But that seems to be his argument, that because Māori weren't breastfed, you've got cannibalism. I, I, I really don't understand it because, of course, Māori didn't have a bottle, and you know the whole practice of, of, of um, you know, kai kai waiu, you know, mothers being breastfed by the community. It's just such an odd argument. It, Māori <laughs> didn't have the bottle; they were breastfed. But even taking that into account, it's still a odd argument to put forward. Basically, what we're looking at are historical accounts of cannibalism that took place when Māori first started encountering Europeans, because what he says at the front of the book is that he's relied on those primary sources and secondary sources to strengthen the accounts of cannibalism that were recorded near her. Well, it's, it's a mood argument, because he doesn't have to. We know cannibalism existed. What he's trying to do, essentially, it's largely a political argument where he's taking on a scholar, I think, called Gananath Abayaskeri. I hope I've pronounced his name right. And what's motivating Paul, I think, is the politics of the argument. Now, he can go through all these material, but his material is essentially Western, white Western assessments of cannibalism. Now, you can go through any amount of material, the, the point's going to be the same. There's cannibalism there. But, you know, you have to take a, a critical assessment of all these stories about cannibalism. No one's denying it, but I think Paul finds he wants to explain it. He thinks this practice needs ex- explanation. You know, instead of looking in you know the backyard of the Western world, where you know there's genocide, uh, concentration camps, untold forms of torture in medieval society, 
doesn't want to deal with that. He deals with our um, particular practice. And he um, uh, he goes through the material, but it's not Māori material. It's largely Western material, and it's a t- particular type of primary material. It's white Western primary material. There, there's actually no Māori accounts, primary sources. He does argue in it, though, eh, that... Um the records that he was going through, they were looking at things in their own cultural lens as well, eh? So from, the, he, from the Western world, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, I mean, he does argue that through the book that you know these are people who are looking at the world in a particular way. Oh, and there's a whole series of arguments running through it, but I can't see the point in it when there is no argument. <laughs> There is no argument about cannibalism. The fact is it occurred. And I think what he's doing is uh, he's trying to add something new. And, of course, he's taking on the scholars. Ganath Abayaskeri, Ganath Abayaskeri, essentially argued that there was no such thing as cannibalism. And his argument is that, um, you know, the the examples we have from Western observers are culturally suspicious. So that um, when Cook's men gave Māori, you know, a thigh bone and, and body part to eat, that Māori were eating it out of respect for Cook because they're being given food, right? Now, that's a cultural argument from Abayaskeri. I don't think it's right. <laughs> we just know there's too much examples of cannibalism. But that's what Paul's trying to do. He's actually not trying to deal with the fact. He's trying to have a political argument with a bad scary, I assume. Right? And so he gets himself into an all, all types of arguments with it. But, you know, I mean, if we go through the... The fascinating thing, if you go through these manuscripts now and you look at Captain Cook's men, and we're meant to be neutral observers, you know, in the future now from the past... So we're looking at these manuscripts. What we've got are Cook's men actively giving Māori um, body parts to eat. You know, the, you've got the whole manuscript there. They're giving them a thigh bone and all the rest of it. But, you know, if you really stand back from it today, what does that tell you about all of the characters in this event? You know, you've got someone eating the corpse and you've got someone giving them the corpse. Now, these white characters early British explorers are actively giving Māori corpses to eat. If this was in any other society today and we're watching it, I mean, what would you conclude with that? But Māori weren't passive, though. No, they're not passive. That's the point. Yeah. My my view is, if you take a neutral position of it now and watch Cook's men and you watch Māori, they're all participating in, in, in an event. It's like some kind of theatre, eh? It's a theatre. I mean, mm. and you watch it. I mean, Cook's men are actively judging Māori for eating this corpse. But you've got to ask yourself the position. Who's given them the corpse to eat? What does that tell you about Cook's men? You know, have they actually taken a corpse and given it to someone? <laughs> it tells you something about the white observers at this time as well. So what about the accounts of cannibalism that occurred between Māori, Māori well, and Well, there's Māori. a lot of accounts of that. Mm. What, what the great pity is, of course, is that Paul doesn't go through that. But I guess, you know, I mean, there's no argument. And that's the oddity of this book because, um, you know, there's no, no argument. Well, I think where he, he tries, 
I think where he contributes a couple of things is he criticises the orthodox Māori explanation for cannibalism. Which was that it was a thing around mana. It was about ritual. Now, the, the, I, you know, we know the explanation for cannibalism is really about mana and removing the tapu of the, you know, the, the rangatira and the ariki eaten. It's the ultimate removal of mana and tapu. That really goes back to the stories of Rangi and Papa and Tumatuing and Tari. What Moon questions is, is that an adequate explanation? Because he gives some good examples where there's just random wanton violence going on. You know, he looks at the situation down south um, where these, you know, a woman killed. She wasn't an enemy of anyone. Her mana and tapu wasn't great. But there's, a, there's, a, there's an act of violence that needs to be, you know, she's eaten. Well, what threat is she? Her mana and tapu is not significant enough to warrant that. In a traditional explanation, that's what he's saying. The situation in Canterbury where my great-great-grandmother was dug up, you know, she was three weeks in the ground, um, by the, the northern invaders at Cowboy Park in Eton. Now, what's the, to some extent, that's a, that's a, a statement of, of mana, but she's no threat to anyone. All right? So his argument is, and what his criticism is of the orthodox argument is, um, it's not enough. These are really simply random acts of violence. And I think it's a good argument. What what he's saying is that they they were calculated acts. Well, they're calculated and and not calculated. They're just random acts of violence. And he's saying that means these orthodox explanations by Māori of removing the mana and tapu aren't sufficient enough. And I think he's got a point by the 1830s, 1820s, 30s. You know, there's a lot of musket wars going on. Corpses are mounting up and there's... You know, more corpses than you can eat. <laughs> and um, it's not enough. But his argument's not enough. And, um, you know, to say it's because Māori were breastfed, I'm not sure that's enough. You know, they went... Here he is. Mackenzie argues a child following weaning from the breast experiences separation anxiety and fantasises about devouring the mother. A person who has experienced this may regress back to the stage in adulthood due to stress or trauma and lead the individual to seek out the fulfilment that he has been denied by resorting to cannibalism. But of course, that's a, it's, it's a ridiculous argument. And it's about there you really do have to pick your jaw off the floor. Because <laughs> it's just... It's, he didn't need to go there. I don't think he needed to go... I didn't, don't think he needed to go there at all because he's really gone back to Freud and the Oedipal complex and all that type of thing. You know, the fixation with the breast, which simply couldn't have existed in Māori society. All mothers raised a child in the, in the community, as you know. My question about why he did this is, you know, if he's worried about DNA and violence, violence being in the DNA of Māori society... Which is an argument that's often used to justify why things are... Why our culture tends to um, lean towards violence, eh, and that we're predisposed towards it, which well, which all goes back to that savage and civilized and uncivilized argument, doesn't it? Well, it does, but it's a ridiculous argument instead mm. of white people looking at their own backyard. I mean, you know, Māori fought in two world wars. We saved the British Empire from their own atrocities. You know, Māori, the Māori Battalion, essentially, in my view, had to go to Europe to civilize Europeans, and. Um, you know, if it's, we're talking about violence in the Māori world, you really have to look at the Western world. You've got 
I mean, my God, you've got genocide, global warfare, mass torture. You've got a whole bunch of things. And let's not forget European society. And if, I mean, this, this is about violence to a corpse. That's what we're talking about, whether it's cannibalism. But like I said in my review, you know, I've gone through a nice nin. And what you know, her fantasies, sexual fantasies about a corpse. Um, Achilles, what he did to Penicillia and to an old man, he said, surrender. I think before Achilles had killed the old man, he said, surrender to my caresses. Penicillia, he, um, he committed, what do you call it, necromancy on her after he killed her. These are the people that they celebrate. You know, I mean, it's, it's fine to look at Māori society, but, you know, they need to be critical of their own backyard. So what if it had been a Māori scholar that was writing this temaere? Well, I think a Māori scholar would have said it's much ado about nothing much. We, we know it existed. But it's what's to argue about. I think that the orthodox explanation, even though Paul criticised it, is still a good explanation. You know, the thing about cannibalism is why not just in those random acts of violence, why not leave it at that? They're simply random acts of violence in a violent period with the introduction of the musket. Um, he doesn't provide an... I don't think his explanation defeats the principal one that cannibalism was about removing the tapu and the mana from the, from the rangatena kuhinga. How would you have approached it? As a Māori scholar? I don't know. I think Māori have moved past it. I think Māori scholars, you know, I would have turned my head on, which is why I ended it. You know, look at... The Western society needs to have a a lens placed upon itself. You know, I mean, this fascination that Western people now and the pop culture has with vampires, I mean, have have they questioned that? Necromancy seems to be a a thing in Western society. You certainly don't get in Māori. You know, this fascination with vampires, I mean, what is a vampire? Uh, dead people, and it goes back to, you know, I mean, you've got those traditions, but this is a Western thing about resurrecting the dead. You get it right through their horror movies, Dr. Fibes, you know, trying to revive his wife, but it goes back to that, the traditions of Osiris and, um, and Isis, which is an Egyptian tradition, but, you know, they've adopted it, and you can see it around the Mediterranean traditions of the Western fascination with the dead. Now, Nias Nin, read her book, she... Which book? Oh, a book on erotic stories where she she finds a corpse on the beach and she she um she fantasizes about the corpse. And as I said, Achilles slew Penicillia, then had you know intercourse with Penicillia. But you know the vampire movies are essentially that. That one with Keanu Reeves is um is it's a good example of well you watch the movie. He's in bed with three blonde beautiful woman who happens to be dead. You're talking about Dracula. Dracula, yeah. yeah. Uh, see, uh, the, your question about Māori scholars, I think we wouldn't bother about it. We've got better things to do. But the West needs to assess itself, you know. What explains genocide? Now, you can trace that back to the British Empire. We put it on the Germans. But the concentration camps, the theories of race, British imperial history... It's the, what the Germans did is the logical extension of British imperial history. They define the world in race. They put them in concentration camps, you know. It's with empires that you get mass death situations.
So effectively what you're saying is that the microscopic lens that's been placed upon Māori in terms of this, that needs to be thrown upon practices that exist in the Western culture as well. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, at the end, what I think at the end is this book in his explanation doesn't contribute to knowledge. It's not a contribution. It doesn't tell us anything that we don't know. His explanation, I think, falls. I mean, seriously. Cannibalism is because there was a lack of breastfeeding in Māori community. I mean, mothers were wet nurses to all the people and, you know, to all the children in the village. Kai Kai Waiu, that's the, the tikanga. Oh. It's obviously something he didn't consider.